0: Amazing. That's what happens when we don't test stuff beforehand. We run into problems, but we fixed it. Okay. Alright. We are in, I believe, week three of our um, um, I'm Saved, Now What series. Uh, Basically wanting to answer the question, both who are we as the believers in God and what are we called to do as the believers in God. And so we wanted to, so we're spending the first half of this year talking about who it is that we are now that we are believers in God. Now that we are saved, now that we've been delivered, who are we as the people of God? Um, last time that we that we talked, we were talking about being a disciple and that, you know, whoever you know has our ear is basically going to shape who we are and what we're doing in the world. And so Christ told us in last week's, in last time's message that You know, the more time that we spend with Christ, the more we will become like him. The more time that we spend, you know, under his word, the more we will become like him. You know, whatever we're spending our most time diligently digging into, we will become more like eventually. So in this um, week's um, sermon, we're going to be coming out of John chapter uh, 14, I believe. No, I'm sorry, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. And in this, our, our, our series, is, the, the sermon for today is entitled, I Am a Friend. I Am a Friend. John chapter 15, starting with verse 12, says, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit may abide, so that whatever the you ask in the ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. And in this again, we're talking about Jesus calling us friends. So, um, my wife and I went to my 20-year high school reunion last night and it was such a bomb time like it was like talking about going down memory lane it was in an incredible moment um that i'm so glad that i went to you know initially i was kind of like uh you know I'm kind of feeling like i want to just chill out this weekend it was a hard week of work you know clients are driving me crazy like i ain't never had to use me the brain cells in two days like it was just crazy how you know everybody was really needing some real therapeutic help you know it wasn't just some hey buys (laughs) this week everybody needs some real help i had to actually use some brain cells this week um and so um i was really feeling i didn't go to the game that friday night um and so but i'm really glad that i got to go um to um you know the got to go to the graduation i mean not the graduation but i got to go to the um to the reunion last night, um, the great thing about being at the reunion was that I got to see a whole lot of people that I used to that I used to hang out with, that I used to spend time with, that I used to be around. And every person that you know that was coming around me, I was like, "This was my good friend who I did this with. This is my good friend who I spent this time with." This is my good friend who, you know, over three years we were doing this. We were in this class and did this, and we were in that class and we did this, and we, you know, hung out here and we did this. Some people, I didn't even halfway remember who they were, but I was like, I remember we were in a class. I don't care. I can't remember which one. I can't remember what we were doing, but I know we were close. Like, that's all I got. <laughs> you know, that's just how much of a blur, you know, high school is now. And so, In preparation for this sermon, I stopped and thought about the fact that, you know, as I sit and think about the friends that I had in high school, most of my friends, they knew me, but they didn't know me. They knew me, but they didn't know me. In school, we were bomb.com. But there was only a handful of people that really knew me. And even that handful only knew me to the to the threshold of my house. My mom and my dad, being my mom and dad, they weren't too kind upon strangers coming into the house. And so my friends really never got a chance to come inside my home. Even the one that you know, my wife and my wife knows who I'm talking about. The the one that was that lived in my neighborhood never got to step foot in my house. So she only knew me. My friends only knew me up to a certain point. So most of them really didn't know my secrets. Most of them really didn't know what was going on with me. Most of them really didn't know who I was crushing on. Most of them really didn't know, you know, my church life. None of them really knew, you know, they knew that I loved Jesus because I was running Bible studies at, at the school, but they didn't know anything outside of it. They didn't, they never came to my church. They never came to, you know, any events that I had going on with me, you know, outside of the school. Like most of the people that I hung out with at school did not know me. They knew a lot about me, but they didn't know me. So can I really call them a friend? Can I really call them a friend? We say that we have a lot of friends. And Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, you know, we, we basically don't turn friends and the fans and the fans and the followers at this point. But do they really know you? Do they really have a connection with you? Do they really know the intricacies of your day to day? Do they really have a real relationship with you? Do they know your ups and your downs, your trigger points, your joys, the things that you're about, the things that you're into? Most of the people that I talked to, you know, when we were friends, we were friends. But now 20 years have gone by. Yeah. We don't know where we've been. We don't know what we've been up to. You know, everything was a, a drive-by of the highlight reel of, of the lives that we've been living. And me being a therapist, I'm clocking people. I can tell you're not happy. Something's wrong with you. You're going through something right now. You're really happy, you you you're really at peace with yourself. But I can't say nothing, cause again I ain't finna do no therapy on nobody. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's not what I went to this reunion for. I was not doing no work. But I could clock it. You're not you're not really at peace right now. Something's not going on with you. But I don't know them. So can I jump into that space and ask the question? So one of the one of the persons that I was rolling with for you know three years of high school, you know, I'm talking about we rode in the car together, a lot. We, I went to their house, and was hanging out at their house, a lot. You know, we was killing chemistry, a lot, you know? But do, I really do, Did we post high school, did we really know each other? You know, did we really have, I mean, we knew each other, but did we really know each other? I knew a lot about him, but did he really know a lot about me? And not, not, I don't know whose fault it is, whether it's mine or his or whatever. You know, my therapist may have something to say about that. But the point is, they didn't really know me. And so by them not knowing me, can I really call that person a friend of mine? I might have been a friend of theirs. Oh but were they a friend of mine? what Jesus tells us in today's scripture is that what what he has accomplished for us on the cross is more than just saving our souls. Jesus has called us a friend of his. And with that distinction comes a whole lot of stuff that we don't really think about when it comes to being in a relationship with Jesus Christ yes Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. yes Jesus is Savior he is the Lord of our lives he's the Savior of the world 100% bar none saved our souls redeemed us all that but no sorry, not much. and I'm going to work on that <laughs> and he's given us so much more than that He says in the scriptures, this is my commandment that you love one another. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things that I command to you so that you will love one another. One of the things... You know that that we love watching in you know in, in like high school movies, and you may have seen this in your own you know growing up, and even even when you you are on, on the job, and you may have little cliques and groups here and there. It's the new person that comes in, and that new person that comes in, you know, don't nobody really want to do anything with them. You know, this is, y'all always have that scene in the movie where the, the new person comes in, they sitting down by themselves. Here comes this click, and they just wanna show chest, like I'm the I'm the alpha dog here, and so I gotta show you and teach you what the rules are around here. But then there's always that one person who comes around and says, Hey, can I pick your books up? Or hey, wanna come sit with us? Or hey, you know, my name's such and such. What's your name? And we want and, and it let's make this this let's, let's let's bring you in. Jesus is saying to us. I've brought you in, outcast. I've brought you in, outsider. I'm sitting with you and saying to you, you are welcome here. When he says in the word, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So Jesus, looking out into the world, sees us and says, I've chosen you. 1 John chapter 4 says, We love because Christ first loved us. When we didn't want anything to do with him, down. When we didn't want anything to do with him, when we didn't want anything to do with him, we didn't want anything to do with, him, we didn't to do with God. Didn't want anything to do with the world. Wanted, wanted to do what we wanted to do. Jesus said, You didn't choose me. I chose you. That you didn't give me the heart of stone and I replaced it with a heart of flesh. No, I went and got that heart of stone, took it out of you and replaced it with a heart of flesh, and poured my spirit into you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. But not only did I um not only did I choose you, but I made you a friend when you were once an enemy. Let me give you an example of what the enemies of God what their recompense is. If we go to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 21, it says in verse number seven, no, verse number eight, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, moral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Verse 27 of that same chapter says, nothing unclean will ever enter it. We're talking about heaven, the new heavens and new earth nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's just one of several examples of what is coming for the enemies of God. Satan, his fallen angels, and anyone who chooses to not repent and believe. That's what's promised to them the enemies of God. That's what's promised to them. That's why I love Romans chapter 5. Because Romans chapter 5 says these words. Starting at verse number 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have not been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received reconciliation. Jesus said, I don't want you to be an enemy of me. Mm. You can be if you want to, but I don't want that for you. So while you are st- while you were still an enemy, talking to the believers, while you were still an enemy of mine, I died yeah. for you. Yeah. So that you would no longer be called an enemy of mine, yeah. but be called a friend of mine. He paved the way to change us from enemy to friend. One of the worst things you can do as a crime in America and in any culture really is to be a traitor. Mm -hmm. To be an enemy of the state. <laughs> I know it's called I know it's a movie, but it's a real thing. That's why they put it in the movie. That's why I put it in the title. To be an enemy of the state is one of the worst things that you could possibly be in American politics and in American law. Because to be an enemy of the state means that you are literally working for your enemies. And that is punishable by death. So, and so talking to my unbelievers, if we in American law would treat treason with death, how much more should the creator of the universe give us the same sentence, spiritually, for being a traitor and an enemy to him? Yet and still, having us dead to rights, Christ died. He himself became the enemy. So that by his perfect life, He would credit us the ability to be made, made, and called a friend. But that's not all. Not only does Jesus change our name from enemy to friend, he also changes our name from servant to friend. And this is important because for many of us, when we think of ourselves being servants of God, we think, Just do what God tells you to do. You're his servant. Just do what he tells you to do. But the thing that I love about friendship is that not only do you get the what, you get the why. He says in John chapter 15, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Servant part. But then he says right after that, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is why I tell y'all, y'all gotta read the Bible because the people be using that verse out of context. Mm 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, comma, see, this is not over yet, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, period. For God searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? The enemy of God does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And Christ is saying, because you are my friend, not only am I going to tell you what to do, but I am going to give you at least a basic comprehension of why. You might not understand the path that that God has you on completely, but God lets us know straight up that everything that you're doing, powered by me, is being done that I may be glorified. Everything that you're doing is so that you can have your greatest delight and your deepest joy in me as you are giving me glory. We may not know the complete path. We may not have the complete picture, but we have the faith that God has given us to lead us into all truth. And at the appointed time, God will reveal to us the why. When he decides it's, it's now the time for us to know. For Christ himself said, I'm not just going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you why I'm sending you here or I'm doing this. He didn't say he was going to do it right away. Mm-hmm. But he does tell us that at the appointed time, all things will be revealed to us. All truth will be revealed to us. And once it's revealed to us, our minds will say, God. You are awesome, Lord. You are amazing, Lord. You are a wonder. And I thank you for being my friend. Travel down the road and back again. Please don't get a fan. (laughs) But that's what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, yes, you are my servant, but I'm not looking at you like a servant. Because if you were a servant, I would just tell you, go. And I'd never tell you why. Go. And I'd never tell you what, what, what you're walking into. Go, and I would just leave you out there. <clears throat> do what I told you to do. Instead, he's saying no. Not only am I going to give you what to do, I'm going to give you why, and I'm going to empower you by my spirit to do whatever it is I'm calling you to do. So you, Michael Jackson, are not alone. I am here with you. Okay, I'm done. I promise I'll do. I promise I'll do. But the point is that is the relationship that God has with us, that Christ has with us, that we are able to be a friend of his. A friend of his. The final thing that I want to lay for us today before really, you know, taking this home is the fact that Christ knows us. Before we were formed in in our mother's womb, Christ knew us. As I said before, I say again, the knowing us is not just about a history lesson of all of our facts from one thing, from from the time that we're born to the time we die. But it is also about him knowing everything about us. I told y'all this before, I'm going to say it again. One time my wife came to me and she had on two different um, shoes. She had one shoe, one one pair, one of one of the pairs on her left foot, the other on her right. And she came to me and she said to me, I already know what you're going to say, but I just want to see if I'm right. Which shoe should I, should I wear today, left or right? And I looked at her shoes and I said left. And she said, I knew you were going to say that. And walked off and put the right shoe that was the match to the left. My wife knows me so well that she knew what I was going to choose before I knew the choice was coming. And when I chose, she was like, again, I knew you were going to do that. That's the the nature of the relationship that God has with us. He knows us so well that he can basically finish our sentences. It's not. Oh, I knew you were gonna do that because I have it written down in, the, in my book. In my book, that when you turn fifty, you're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. <laughs> no, that's tr- no, that's no, that's true. But that's not the type of knowledge of us that he's refer. That he's really referring to. He's talking about knowing us on such an intimate level that he knows us better than our spouses do. Knows us better than our parents do. Like God knew I was gonna like Skittles before my mom ever fought, bought the first bag. That's how intimate God knows us. Like, I'm thinking, I th- thought about that the other day. My, why do I love Skittles so much? My, when I, my mom, you know, I love Skittles so much that my mom knew. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy my kids some candy. I, My, my um, oldest son, he likes um, Skittles. Um, Darius likes M&M's. And I can't remember what my sister liked. I think it, was, it might have been um, Twizzles. I don't know. But, you know, she knew. So she goes to the store and she gets them. God knew that. That's why I got such a problem with it now. But he knew that. And as a result, we're saying to you today, Christ knows you. And despite you and all the issues and the hangups and the problems and the trials and the frustrations and your rebellion, he loves you. And my follow and my followers on uh, TikTok know what comes next. And he wants a relationship with you. And so because of that, when we go back to John, and with this with this we're, we're wrapped up today, he says, Greater love has no one than this. That someone laid down his life for his friends. John chapter 15. Verse number, that's verse number 13, 15 and 13. Greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends. What would well, that look like, Mufasa? What's up? Then <laughs> no you see Jesus? There's no, there's no one to lay down his life for his friends. And so, the God of the universe since the dawn of creation knew that this would be his love story to us. I'm not going to get into the nuances of how did he know? Could he have done it another way? He didn't. Okay. He did it this way. But I love how he did it because what he's saying to us today is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. God is saying to you, I don't want to just make you my servant. I want to make you my friend. I want to share with you the deep, 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 deep knowledge and wisdom and understanding of who I am and what I've come to accomplish in this world. What I've come to accomplish through you. I want to show you things that you've never seen before. I want to help you unpack things you've never unpacked before. I want to lead you into a peace that you've never had before. I want to show you a love that you've never had before. You think you know what love is, you think you know what peace is, you think you know what joy is, but once you get to know me, I want to share the things that my father has given to me freely to give to you. And I died so that you can have it. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to give that to you today. I want to submit that to you today. That the love that God has for us is so great. That he doesn't just want to bring us into the kingdom. And then bring and then make us mindless zombies of his, of his will. He wants to make us. His friends. He wants to share with us truth. Share with us love. Share with us joy. Share with us peace. That is the God that we worship. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we, the believers in God, say that we believe in. And this is our plea to you. That if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The offer is here to give your life over to the one who not just wants to make you clean and make you whole and put you in the kingdom, but he wants to walk alongside you day by day and be the friend that knows you yes. better than your high school classmates, better than your spouse, better than your parents, better than your co workers. We'll sometimes want so badly to be known by people that we'll put ourselves in positions and situations that are unbecoming of Christians and unbecoming and unbecoming of, you know, just being friends or being husbands or being wives or being girlfriends or being boyfriends because we want to be known. Christ is saying, don't fall for the hype and don't fall for the trap. I'll know you better than them. Will sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that I've done too much wrong, that God would never love me. God is saying for every sin except for the sin of blasphemy, you are forgiven. And even blasphemy is forgivable in that one who blasphemes has a heart, the heart that is so hardened against God that only God can change that. Only God can change that heart. And bring that person to repentance if He so deci- if He so desires to. God is saying that you cannot be an enemy of me, unless you're just choosing to be an enemy of me by thinking that you can't be a friend. Like if you decide I can't, I, I've done too much, so I can't be a part of the kingdom. God is saying you can't do too much. You they're, they're, you can't do too much. I died for it all. I became every sin that is ever committed. Every thought that was wrong, every 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 action that was wrong, I died for all of it. You can't be dirtier than me. Wow, you can't even out sin God. Wow, wow, you can't out sin Christ. For Christ became the sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so again, we say all that to say. He doesn't just want to make you a mindless servant who just does his bidding. He wants you to have a flourishing relationship with him where you're walking alongside the creator of the universe every single day and delighting yourself in him as he has delighted in you. As you abide in him, he abides in you. And so on this day, won't you give Christ the opportunity to, transfer the, to, trans, to, to, to transform your name from enemy to friend? And for the believer, no longer looking at yourself as just a servant of God, but calling yourself a friend of God. Come on. Slow Knowing that Christ died for it all. Yes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. You. Lord God, we're just thankful that you call us friend wish I could play that on the guitar, but we're grateful nonetheless, Lord God, that you are so good and gracious to us because besides you, there is no other. You became sin that we may be called righteous. You became sin so that we may be called friends and you are walking alongside us in a way where we can trust that you know us better than anyone or anything could ever know us. We're asking, Lord God, that you look out to look and look at those who don't have a walk with you right now. upon the sound of my voice, if they're desiring to walk alongside you, desiring to be known, desiring to be loved, let them know, Lord, that you know them. You've known them since they were created. You've known them since before they were created. You knew everything that they were going to do, everything they were going to say, every thought that they were going to have, and you still died knowing all of that. We therefore love because you first loved us. I'm asking every person who doubts whether or not God has called them a friend um, while walking with you, that your word is true. That you said that no longer are we called servants because servants don't know what the master is doing. But He, you have made it known to us what you are doing, and therefore that call that qualifies us to be friends. That we know the secrets of God. The more that we learn about you, the more that we lo- know about you. The more that we, you know, delight in you. The more that we meditate on you. The more of the secrets of the hidden wisdom of the knowledge of God we can know, because you are gracious to give. Asking, we shall find. Seeking, we shall. Um, Asking, we shall receive. Seeking, we shall find. Knocking the door shall be open to those who want more of your spirit. Lord God, we thank you. And we just give your name all praise, glory, and honor. And thank you, Jesus, for paving the way by dying on the cross and rising again for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.